Welcome to the Dynasty Pulse Podcast. Your hosts, Nick Wagner and Joshua Johnson, have been described as not blowhards. Join them as they discuss the matters at the heart of the Dynasty community. From rookie advice to trade analysis, plant your flag here. This is the Dynasty Pulse, presented by DynastyFootballWarehouse.com. I gotta admit, Nick, that new intro kind of gets my blood pumping a little bit. Um, not just because it's my voice, and I actually pulled off a good one for once, but uh, uh, I guess I'm a little nervous and get going. I, I like it. Uh, welcome to the Dynasty Pulse Podcast. I am your host, Joshua Johnson. With me, as always, is Nick Hale to the Redskins later. Nick, what's up, buddy? Oh, not much, Josh. Just excited we survived another long off season. All ready for Week One. How are you doing? Uh, we are ready for week one. Should be should be pretty amazing. Um, but really, it's not going to be as amazing as our as our first guest today. Uh, we got we got Howard Bender, the Roto Buzz guy. You know him on Twitter. Uh, Lord and Master over at uh, Fantasy Alarm. Just uh, one of uh, my our great friends, I should say, within the Dynasty community or within the fantasy community in general. And he's always been good to us and uh and me when i had a dinky little radio show he was one of my first guests and he always he always kept in touch and has always been there for me so it's always always fun it's kind of come our tradition to have him uh week one as we make him make him make some predictions with us we never hold him to him but it's it's just fun to have him so very happy to have uh howard joining us today as we do some predictions here in about a half hour and today also marks the return of the DFW odd man, Chuck Podeski, as we're going to pick some games against the spread. And I'll tell you what, Nick, I'm not even ready for that. <laughs> uh, we're going to just uh, trust what Chuck says for the spreads and uh, pray we make it through week one with a 500 record, right? Yeah, yeah, well, it's always tough week one. It seems to be there's more upsets usually in week one than than more, m- most weeks. But, yeah, hopefully we do all right. And then as the season progresses, maybe they weren't upset as you kind of look at things and how teams mold themselves. But uh, trade over the weekend as the Vikings sent a first-round pick there to the Eagles for uh, for Sam Bradford. Nick, what are, what are the ramifications in this? What do you think? Well, you know, short-term, obviously, it helps Minnesota continue to be contenders this year, but I just think that's way too much to give up for basically a one-year rental at quarterback and Sam Bradford, who, you know, with his injury history, may not even be there for a full season for you. So I, I don't – I personally don't agree with the trade, although I do understand it because, you know, you got to look at the, the playoff window probably closing pretty soon with uh, Adrian Peterson getting up there in age. Yeah, and there's been numerous stories reported that this is probably AP's last year in Minnesota. So I I, I understand the trade, and where I can understand why you don't necessarily agree with it, uh, Brian Hawks, one of our senior writers here on staff, brought up a good point that Minnesota's basically had nine first-round picks in the last five or six seasons. And the other point here is, you know, Minnesota's not going 0-16. This pick is not going to be in the top 10. It's more than likely going to be in the 20s. You know, are they going to win the Super Bowl, Sam Bradford? I'm not betting that's going to happen. But uh, it's going to make them a better team. It's going to potentially make them a playoff team. You know, 10 and 6, maybe that's being too optimistic, but I think it's okay. The major concern I have is the Minnesota suspect offensive line and, like Nick said, Sam Bradford's injury history. That does just not seem like a good mix to me. Um, 
there is familiarity with Bradford a little bit in uh, the fact that uh, he uh, he knows Sean Hill, so uh, maybe Sean put in a, a good word there. Not that he wanted to lose his job, but uh, there there's there, it could be an interesting uh, mix. And I think I think it's a good move by the Vikings. And you know, when like I said, that pick's not going to be that high. They have extra picks, and they've proven to be a pretty good team in in the draft. So yeah. Yes, this team needs two, two or three offensive linemen, but what team doesn't? Um, that's, I mean, I think that's probably where they would should go with that first round pick next year. But Nick, I really think the real winner in this is Cleveland because I feel like Eagles giving up Bradford means they're really tossing in the towel for this season, and Cleveland has the Eagles' first round pick next year, so Cleveland could potentially have two top five picks. I'm not saying the Eagles are going to be that terrible, but it, it's possible with a rookie quarterback, don't you think? Oh, definitely. And I like how you just assume that Cleveland's own pick is going to be in the top five as well. That's great. <laughs> Four Browns fans. Hopefully, hopefully well, they yeah. turned around this year, right? <laughs> RG, three wins. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, but anyway, uh, what any surprising roster cuts uh, – some big names kind of surprised me. Obviously, Justin Forsett was cut and re-signed. That was a, more of a, a money thing that I don't always understand. Ronnie Hillman kind of surprised me. Uh, Manny Lawson, though I'm not a big fan of his outside linebacker there for Buffalo, you know, he's been a starter there for the last two or three years. And I, that just was kind of a surprising move. And kind of a little-known rookie by the name of Kalen Reed, who – if you listen or do anything over at the at Pro Football Focus Fantasy or just Pro Football Focus in general, they, those guys really liked guy brought to the table. And I'm just surprised with who exactly Tennessee's rolling out there in their secondary, that they, they, they would drop a guy that's graded this high. But, again, you know, maybe they don't, they don't listen, to, listen or read Pro Football Focus like some of us else do. But just a little surprised by that move. Anybody surprise you? Um, most of the moves, it seemed like, uh, you know, like you, you mentioned Ronnie Hillman, it seemed like his stock had been continuously trending downward in the preseason. So that wasn't a huge shocker to me, but it did surprise me the fact that Denver went with such an inexperienced group of quarterback. I, I didn't think Sanchez was at least going to keep his job as a backup there. Yeah, he, you know, he, he, he came there and he lost the job, which obviously didn't sit well with folks. And, uh, that's, that's kind of where we're at. That's just, it's, it's a hard fact. And, uh, now he's, you know, the back, the backup maybe in, in Dallas. So I, it's interesting, uh, interesting that, that did not, did not work out. Like you said, they, you think they would need that veteran presence, but you know, uh, their head coach, Gary Kubiak was a backup quarterback for a long time in this league under, under John Elway mostly. And he's, you know, he's been through, He's been through a lot in his career and coaching set in his coaching career as well. So maybe maybe he's got some uh, some wise words there for us. Um, any any other thoughts on just kind of the week moving up to the season here, Nick? Um, not really. The my biggest takeaway was uh, all the roster cutdowns made my fantasy roster cutdowns really easy. I didn't have any tough decisions <laughs> to make. Anybody who was on the bubble got released, so I, I got really lucky personally. Oh, and our blood oath didn't work out, as you brought up uh, before we started here. We we still are both rostering Marquise Lee. So uh, when Marquise Lee scores a touchdown week one, you know, there's going to be two guys going, all right, we got him in a best ball league. We'll take that. <laughs> um, 
moving forward, uh, since we are, we did this a little bit during the summer, and I thought it would be fun to kind of, we revisited some years, but I thought just because the, the season is upon us, why don't we take a look at the 2016 rookie draft, Nick, and maybe, uh, maybe address it again. Let's do a top 12 picks, um, and see, uh, yeah, so six picks, six picks each, IDP included. Um, not that there's anybody in IDP wise that's gonna uh, float our boat here, but uh, why I'm gonna let you go first, and I think I could probably say the name you want, but uh, make make maybe you, maybe you're gonna shock the world. What do you got for us? Yeah, no shocker here. Uh, the same name as that was uh, picked in uh, rookie drafts all the way back after the NFL draft. Ezekiel Elliott's a no-brainer, number one overall pick. Yeah, that oh, that really puts some stress on me. And wh- where nobody else really seems to have clear-cut um, starting job, besides obviously right now Dak Prescott. I'm not going to go there. And we've seen Tennessee use a slew of running backs. And by that, I mean a nice one-two punch there with uh, – with Henry and DeMarco Murray, but I, I still got to go with a guy that's probably going to see the the most targets amongst amongst the wide receivers um, since it is a rookie draft. You know, those, those rookies. I'm going to go with Corey Coleman. I, I don't love it, but I just think the opportunity is so great for him there. What do you got for us at 1.03? Well, I was hoping you were going to bypass Coleman. He was definitely my number two. Uh, 1.03. Um, I'm actually going to go with the guy who's uh, risen up draft boards over the last couple months, and that's Sterling Shepard. I just think he's in a golden opportunity there in New York. Uh, he, he he earned the starting job in the preseason opposite uh, Odell Beckham, so I think he he could uh, have some nice production even as a rookie. Um, well, I like that pick. Um, I probably would have went there in your position, but I think only because right now, uh, LaCroix Treadwell seems to be number three on the depth chart. And I know there's a little bit of a different situation now, obviously, as we talked about with Sam Bradford in the fold there. But I really think Minnesota is going to roll Treadwell in the slot, and it's going to open things up for their offense because he is such a uh, proficient blocker. I think that's going to help in the running game, and I think that's going to keep him on the field too. Um, and, uh, you know, another guy that plays pretty well, another big guy that plays pretty well in the slot is Jordan Matthews, who just happened to be Bradford's leading wide receiver last year. So I, I see where it might take the first month of the season to build to build that. Um, I think uh, he, Bradford and Treadwell could be a, a quite the uh, combination. And I think you may be mentioned a little bit when we talked about Bradford earlier, but I'm pretty sure Minnesota has him for the next two years, so they don't need to rush Bridgewater back and thanks to Philadelphia for paying most of his salary. So I think, I think that could be an interesting combination because we we've known and obviously different types of offenses with uh, Chip Kelly and Norv Turner. But I think Bradford knows how to, how to work with a big slot guy like that. And I think Treadwell just because of his, his blocking skills is going to help open up their running game. And that's going to keep him on the field uh, more, more often than, we maybe think right away. So like I said, it might take a while, but I, I got no problem taking Treadwell there at 1.04. What do you got for us? 
well, I know Derrick Henry's not the most popular guy in some circles in the DFW community, but he did look pretty good in the preseason to his credit. And if DeMarco Murray were to falter again this year like he did last year in Philadelphia, I think Derrick Henry could be in for a pretty good rookie year. So I'm going to go with him, even with uh, even with my guy Josh Doxon still on the board. <sighs> yeah, things not looking good for Mr. Doxon there, uh, at least in year one. But, um, well, so that brings me to 1.0. I forgot what number we were on. Six. Um, things are going to get a little murky here now because I really don't know what to what to expect. Um, but it might seem a little crazy to take him above Josh Doxson. Uh, but everything is looking up right now for Tajay Sharp in Tennessee. I don't see that team being, you know, anything better than a seven to nine team. So that means they're going to be throwing the ball a lot. I mean, tell me, Nick, there's not, there's, there's, there's no way that Tajay doesn't see a hundred targets this year for that Tennessee squad. I mean, I know Andre Johnson's there. Um, I know they just brought in Rashard Matthews, but uh, he's been a, a pro, a pro's pro since day one there. And they're really in love with him. And, if he begins to develop stuff with Mariota, that could be a nice connection. So I'm going to go Tajay Sharp with a little bit of an upset here, 1.06. Yeah, I don't blame you one bit. In fact, I was kind of trying to bait you into taking Josh Doxson there so I could take <laughs> Tajay Sharp. But since you didn't and you left Doxson on the board, I'm going to go ahead and take him. I know probably the rookie year could be a wash. Uh, we've got the injury concerns plus the fact that he's a little bit buried on the depth chart. But come 2017, this guy could could be a stud. So he's definitely got the physical ability. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, take him, even though he might be a practice squad type or, or a taxi squad type of guy in year one. And isn't this a blast having six first round picks? <laughs> I'm just going to I'm going to keep it up and uh, take a guy that I cannot get enough of. And we talked a little bit about him last week in the d- dilemma, but I. I got to go Tyler Boyd, 1.08. I know he's probably the third receiver on this team right now. I don't think that's going to last. I think he's going to burst onto the scene. A guy that I was very happy to get late in my uh, redraft league last night. Uh, Nick's going to grade that next week, by the way. Um, it should be a pretty easy grade. I, it's been a long time since I've been in a 10-team league, so everybody's roster looks pretty amazing. But I got no problem taking Tyler Boyd, 1.08. What do you think? Uh, I, I want. What do, you, what do you got for us at 1.09? Uh, well, I'm going to go with the other half of our dilemma and go with uh, Michael Thomas there. So uh, I guess we got that. The dilemma must have been a pretty good one if uh, these two guys are going back-to-back <laughs> in the redraft, right? Yeah, yeah, and, and I totally don't blame you there at all. That's probably where I was going to go next. But I, I think I'm going to finally break the receiver mold. And you know what? You can call me a homer all day, but I – I, I listen and read, obviously, a lot of my Oakland Raiders, and I, I think DeAndre Washington is going to be in for a lot of touches this year. I think if you had to ask me which rookie running back is going to catch the most passes, I think that's where I would land at this present time. Um, and he's he's not – He's not a guy that's just going to be restricted to third down duties. They like pushing him off tackle. He's got shown really good vision. And he's, I think he also saw the, the hit in Tennessee that where he got blown off the other night, he bounced right back up like a pro and went back, you know, went, went off to the sidelines. He didn't, uh, he didn't, the, the moment wasn't bigger than he was. And I'm really impressed by him. Another guy in that played in my redraft league last night, uh, Mr. 
forgot his first name. DeAndre to Washington. So that's who I got at 1.010 or 1.10. What do you got? Well, I'm going to stay with AFC running backs team and uh, go with Devontae Booker in Denver. I mean, you look at the starter, C.J. Anderson. Uh, over his career, he's barely been able to hold off uh, Ronnie Hillman to, for carries. And, you know, Ronnie Hillman, as we know, is now not even with the team anymore. So I think Devontae Booker could, by midseason, be the starter there, even with the contract that gave C.J. Anderson. So I'll definitely uh, gladly take him after you took the Raider running back. No IDP guys yet. No quarterbacks. If you're keeping score at home, I got four wide receivers and a running back. Um, I don't know if there's another wide receiver that I like that I think is going to jump up. Um, and if you're in your mid to late 30s like me, uh, you probably grew up reading some things that Peter King wrote. And the most recent thing I wrote, I read that Peter King wrote was that Kenneth Dixon could be taking over the running back role for Baltimore by mid-October. And when Peter King says something, I'm generally going to listen. I know he's not coming at it from a fantasy perspective, uh, but when he says taking over, that makes me salivate a little bit. So I'm very happy, even though I didn't get a copy of any of my rookie drafts, to get Kenneth Dixon 1.12 there. Um, any any. Thoughts there, Nick? Any surprises, guys, that didn't get picked up? Um, a little bit surprised uh, just with the hype around Dak Prescott that uh, his name didn't get mentioned at all. And uh, same with another IDP guy. I think Miles Jack should have been uh, in the conversation anyway. I'm not saying he should have gone above any of these guys, but I think he's in the conversation. Yeah, and I took Miles Jack at uh, with a 14th pick one in a 16-team league. So, um. I, I think he's certainly worth worthy of that. I hope hopefully he proves that as his career goes. Yeah, you know, just because Romo isn't officially, they haven't stuck the fork in him yet. I, I don't know. I can't I can't go trusting Dak. And we've seen. I'm sorry. This is really this is maybe an almost offensive to Cowboys fans, but we've seen flash in the pans quarterbacks come and go there, like you know Quincy Carter. Um, so. <laughs> I'm not going to say he's Quincy Carter. I'm just saying that's I've I've seen we've seen that happen. Um, so we got a lot to get to in 12 minutes. Let's roll on to Tra- the four against as we do uh, Travis Benjamin. Um, geez, I wrote these like 10 years ago already. Um, Saturday, I'm just trying to find my notes. Here we go. Okay, Travis Benjamin. This new segment we've been doing. Nick's going to bring you five points against Travis Benjamin. I'm going to bring you five points for him. Um, another guy I had late in my redraft last night. Uh, God, I love those 10-team leagues. But anyway, for Travis Benjamin, who were the Browns' quarterbacks last year? Now he gets Phillips Rivers? Are you kidding me? Of course he's going to have a better year. He had an amazing year with Johnny Mandel, Josh McCown, Austin Davis. Yeah, now he gets Phillips Rivers, who, who likes to throw that ball deep. Oh, love it. What do you got, Nick? Well, yes, Benjamin did have a breakout year last year, 68 catches for 966 yards and five touchdowns. But, you know, that was as a wide receiver one on a team in Cleveland that was always playing from behind. Now he's a wide receiver two on a team where the wide receiver one, Keenan Allen, is an absolute target machine. So I don't see him getting anywhere near the volume targets that he had last year. Okay. Um, that very good point on your point. I, I, I see where you're coming from there. But um, I'm sure Nick will argue that he is best 
at best number three in targets for the Chargers behind, of course, Keenan Allen and um, Antonio Gates in the, in, in the red zone. But I think the Chargers will maximize his targets, but, and he will score the most receiving touchdowns on this team, and he's going to have the best yards per catch average among guys that see at least, you know, 50-plus targets. Well, he's only a 5'10", 175, so he's not likely to be a red zone threat. And since you brought up targets, I don't forget about Danny Woodhead coming out of the backfield, one of the best PPR backs in the NFL. So, uh, yeah, he's a third. I think he might actually be fourth on targets on that team. Yet another guy nabbed in my redrafting last night. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to unload the whole roster during this short increment of this podcast. Um so, since you brought up Keenan Allen, doesn't that mean single coverage for Travis Benjamin down the scene? Doesn't that mean he's going to be open? He's going to see there's not going to be a single high. There's going to be a single high safety on Allen's side, not not Benjamin's side, at least not right away. So, I, I said a, a while ago in one of my bold predictions that this guy's going to lead the team in touchdowns or score 10 touchdowns and, I, and possibly amongst the 35-yard-plus variety. That's me it seem crazy, but – this guy's going to catch one, at least one or two balls of that length and find the end. So, what do you got? Well, if you look at last year, San Diego's wide receiver, too, Malcolm Floyd, only had 561 yards. It's just not a very big role in the San Diego offense, that wide receiver, too. There's just not enough balls to go around to feed everybody there. Malcolm Floyd, he's like 59 years old. Um, Antonio <laughs> Gates and Hunter Henry mean the middle of the field will be will be free to roam you know we know what these guys can do off the edge and uh and how they can take more coverages away so i just i see him benjamin matching up with the rookie corner the the guy that's maybe shouldn't be in the game because of injury that's just you know philip rivers is smart enough to exploit that situation Well, this is Travis Benjamin's first year in San Diego, of course, and we know that history is filled with free agent acquisition with that wide receiver who just really failed to live up to expectations with the new team, whether it's because uh, the system's not a good fit or just can't get comfortable with new surroundings. I don't know, but, but we've seen a lot of receivers not uh, not live up to the contracts they got in free agent. Okay. Well, I knew you would mention Danny Woodhead, so. I think yet this is another reason because he is such an effective receiver in the charge, especially in the Chargers screen game. It's he's going to, be, you know, he's ultra deadly there. But I think that's just going to draw more attention away from Benjamin bolting down the field on third and long for, of course, those thirty-five yard touchdown passes. Well, I'm going to look long-term now. And, you know, Philip Rivers is getting up there in age. I think he's definitely would be able to play for another three to four good uh, seasons. But he, there's a chance that he could decide to retire after the season rather than deal with a, what seems from the outside anyway to be somewhat of a dysfunctional front office. I mean, they couldn't even get the first-round pick signed until just recently. And, you know, plus the, the rumors about the team moving, that's a lot of stress to put on your starting quarterback. So it wouldn't surprise me if they had another uh, down season. I think they only had four wins last year if Philip Rivers were to just decide to hang it up after the year. Okay. Well, we're going to roll – right through some dynasty trade analysis here. Um, this is an interesting one, Nick. What do you think about Brock, Wa- Brock Osweiler 
for Brandon Coleman in 2017 pick? Doesn't I mean I know you're not an Osweiler guy, but doesn't that seem like a little bit of a short sell? Yeah, like you said, I'm not an Osweiler guy, and I think in a 10-team league that's shallow, I think this would be about a 50-50 pretty even trade. But in the deeper league, the 12-team, the 14, the 16-team leagues, the uh, the starting quarterbacks are at a premium. Anytime you have a guy who is starting for his team, he has value. Whereas I don't think Brandon Coleman, as this team's what wide receiver five probably, and a seventh-round pick, that that that's that's not much. So I, I definitely would side with the team that picked up Osweiler, provided it's a deeper league. Yeah, and the the motivation behind this trade is this guy just lost Teddy Bridgewater as his backup quarterback. I'm pretty sure his starters can either can't, can't, no, I think it's Russell Wilson, but um, this is from DFW 36, but I, you know, like, like Rick Spielman said, teams saw blood in the water. When you know this guy needs to shore up that position, you could probably ask for a little more than Brandon Coleman in a seventh round pick. Uh, Michael Thomas, Doriel Green Beckham, and Doyle Greenbeck, excuse me, for Randall Cobb. What do you think? Um, I think if I were a Randall Cobb owner and somebody offered me Michael Thomas straight up, I would probably accept that trade. So getting DGB on top of that, I think that's a steal. I don't know if I would take that straight up, you know, because it is potential and, you know, red zone dominance potential for, for Randall Cobb, who is we know is no better than a wide receiver too. Um, but uh, with hopefully that Green Bay offense running running at all all cylinders, it could potentially be a pretty good uh, pretty good mesh up there. I think so. I, I think it's a fair deal, and I understand it if you're you're rebuilding. I I still think DGB's a couple of years away from seeing what we can really know what he's going to be at the NFL level. So you got to be willing to sit on that. And my, Michael Thomas, a lot of mouths to feed there in San Diego. Um, a super flex pick. This is actually from the DFW staff draft, staff league, excuse me. Uh, Alex Smith and Emmanuel Sanders for Demarius Thomas and Tony Romo. What do you think? Well, I think the league set up the super flex, being as you can put a quarterback in your flex. I think that's the the deal breaker to me. I've got to side with the team that picked up Alex Smith and Emmanuel Sanders, simply just because I don't believe that Tony Romo can come back and contribute for any uh, any length of time at this point. He's just too injury prone, too fragile. Uh, how many back injuries has he had at this point? And he's in his you know past thirty five. I, I I just can't. Can't, don't have any faith in Tony Romo at this point. So, again, Alex Smith, who you can plug in your flex, and Emmanuel Sanders, I think that's pretty good for De, uh, Demarius Thomas. Yeah, you know, and I'm not a big Manny Sanders guy, but with the league settings are very similar to the Scott Fishbowl where you get .25 per carry. And believe it or not, I still – don't know how exactly this happened, but Alex Smith rushed for some yards last year, and I'm I'm not saying like 200. I'm pretty sure he rushed for like four or 500. So he's gonna get he's gonna get some extra scramble points there, and 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 with a format scoring like that, that's that's pretty solid. So I I I, I got I got a side of that trade. I do think Demarius is going to be the better receiver uh, this year because they're getting that extra quarterback. Um, I. I I got to go that side, and I and I like the fact that uh, you're getting, like I said, Alex Alex Smith who who runs a little bit, and that's um, with that point two five 
in the in the settings, that's certainly a a different uh, a different animal in terms of uh, in terms of fantasy scoring. Um, we, I think we got Howard on the line already. Let me let me, let me double check. I saw him in there a second ago. Yes. So we're gonna patch Howard through. We still have a few things to get through. Um, and we'll, we'll see what time allows today. We have an incredible dynasty dilemma putting two against the best running backs in the league against each other, and Todd Gurley and Ezekiel Elliott. So um, maybe we'll sit on that for a week. We'll see what we, we'll see what, what we have time for. Let's patch our good friend Howard Bennett through here. Hold on. I told Howard I had his music ready, so I have to get his music ready. And I'm sure he's giggling. So be ready to laugh because Howard, like I said earlier, is a funny man. Um, keep him laughing and i i gotta find howard's clip i'm sorry this is weird and awkward but i gotta find howard's clip because he's our guy and i promised it to him there it is just labeled howard Ladies and gentlemen, very happy to bring on our show, our good friend, Howard Bender. What's up, buddy? Yo, what's going on, boys? How are you? I, uh, I, I logged in a little early just so I could sit and, and just listen to what kind, of, what kind of chatter we had going on today. Uh, <laughs> oh, we're just, you know, we're just, I don't know what we're doing. Uh, we're, we're, trying, we're trying to make it. That's what we're trying to do. Um, <laughs> Seems like uh, every trade uh, annoys you, Josh. You're like, <sighs> uh i'll i'll take that as as, as a sage advice because I, I i trust your podcast and chops maybe i shouldn't groan so much i do make a lot of mouth noise but um uh, i shouldn't have said that out loud uh, oh like i I, said I, morning, I groan i groan all the time dude don't worry man <laughs> uh howard is the funniest man on twitter um, and the Lord and Master over at Fantasy Alarm. What do you, why don't you tell us what you guys got going over there nowadays? Oh, man, it is, uh, you know, it's heating up. It's heating up big time. I mean, with kickoff uh, for the NFL taking place tomorrow. Oh, my God, it's tomorrow. We are, uh, I mean, we're just, we're churning out all of our NFL content this week. I mean, we're just really going full blast. We've got our, you know, all the DFS Playbook Pro stuff. Uh, is going on. Everybody's itching for their optimal lineups and their rankings and their playbook. And then our seasonal package um, is just, it's absolutely incredible. I mean, we've expanded uh, so much of the, uh, the seasonal playbook coverage to, you know, to incorporate a, a bunch of stuff. It's not only, you know, things like target analysis and injury updates and stuff like that. It's also, um, you know, some lineup, uh, articles that we're going to have there. Uh, Joe Pisapia, uh, who does the, uh, the fantasy black book. He's, uh, he's joined the fantasy alarm team and he's doing his RPV breakdown for DFS and for seasonal people. Um, I mean, there's just a, there's a world of stuff going on right now. I'm doing, uh, for the fantasy alarm podcast, I've kind of changed everything up. And instead of doing a, a full length show now, I'm just doing some, something called quick hits. 
which is just it's a fantasy football podcasting in 15 minutes or less. For all of you on the go, there it is. Okay, I'll look forward to listening to those. Um, just dropping little nuggets of knowledge. I love it. Um, so, yeah, like I said, Howard, Howard's got his hands in just about everything at, at, at uh, Fantasy Alarm, and uh, he is a uh, th- – would you say your official title was Whipping Boy? Oh, yeah. <laughs> or janitor, right? You you clean everything up there. That's what you make. It I, you know, um, I'm the handyman. I'm the fix it. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh yeah. Say hi to Nick. I'm sure you want. Sorry, I always take over. How are you doing there, Howard? Nick. Nick, what's going on, man? I, I thought you left us. I was I was getting a little no. worried. <laughs> uh. Well. I, I do think Howard, because I know I you, you must not never sleep because I you text me at like almost midnight my time last night, which is totally fine. And then I realized when I texted you this morning, Howard, it was like probably four a.m. There, you text me right back. It's just like, does this guy never sleep? What's the deal? Yeah, I mean that's basically what it is right now. It's, uh, <laughs> it's two all-nighters in the last three days, actually. Um, I'm all hepped up on Red Bull, five-hour energy. I don't know. I'm, I might have beaten up some elementary school kid and taken his Adderall from him. You know, that's, that's definitely a possibility, too. You know, listen, man, I mean, sports never sleeps. And, I mean, NFL, NFL drives the bus in our business. You guys know that better than anybody. I mean, NFL is, uh, is, is like 75 to 80% of our industry's revenue. So if you're, not, if you're not locked down and you're not set and prepared for the NFL to start and your site is lagging, you're screwed. So, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll put in the hours that I need to put in to make sure that we aren't screwed. And if that means I sacrifice some sleep now, that's, that's okay. You know, I'll take care of, uh, you know, I'll sleep when I'm dead. <laughs> uh, well, we thank you for not napping this morning and, and joining us <laughs> there uh, out in California. Speaking of sleep, it's like Nick. You know, Nick lives in Hawaii now, so he probably still has uh, Hello Kitty pajama pants on, and he just he just rolls out of bed and does this podcast with me. It's like one <laughs> o'clock in the afternoon where I'm at. But anyway, uh, I I thought we would join for uh, have Howard join and do a little predictions. Now, in the years past, we've kind of done division winners, but I thought we should just make it full fantasy since this is a fantasy show after all. And sometimes me and Nick get in trouble when we talk about other subjects. So let's go let's talk about do some fantasy predictions here, Howard. What do you got? What do you think? Who's going to be the top scoring quarterback in fantasy this year? Uh, you know, I mean, it's so tough to sit here. I mean, I could totally cop out and be like, oh, it's going to be Aaron Rodgers or, uh, you know, it's going to be Cam Newton. But, you know, I'll, I'll, go, I'll jump out on a limb here and I'll uh, – I'll look for something a little bit more, uh, a little more interesting. And I'm going to say that the top fantasy scoring quarterback this season is going to be Marcus Mariota. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, Well, I guess mine's not going to seem so odd then. I was going to, do you want to elaborate on Marcus Mariota? I mean, we already know that Tajay Sharp is, the man, but what do, what do you got? <laughs> you know, I, here's the thing, and, and I, I'm not a huge Mariota fan by any stretch of the imagination. I, I, I actually, in, in all honesty, I would, I would love to say Matt Ryan, 
I love Matt Ryan. I loved what the Falcons did to their offensive line, but you know, there's obviously still some question marks there and I don't necessarily want to, you know, pin my hopes solely on Matt Ryan, because if anybody gets hurt on that offensive line, people are just going to come out and, you know, with their torches and their pitchforks and they're going to, you know, haunt me. But um, what I like about Mariota, listen, I think that he's got a really nice ground game going right now. Um, You know, the one-two punch of of DeMarco Murray and Derrick Henry is going to take a lot of pressure off of him. I still think their defense sucks, so I still think they're going to play from behind a lot. Tajay Sharp, good, solid, you know, nice young rookie receiver. Delaney Walker, completely stable. Uh, you know, definitely a, a favorite target of Mariota. And I like, I like Richard Matthews, actually. I really do. I think that um, I, I liked him when he was in Miami, but he was limited by the fact that Ryan Tannehill can't throw a pass over 20 yards. And so I think that with Mariota being able to just gun this downfield, and I mean, he can gun it. I think that Rashard Matthews is actually going to turn into a really nice deep threat and a, and a really good sleeper. I did a, a little top 10 late round sleepers, even though there's no such thing as a sleeper anymore. It's just whatever. It's just top 10 late round guys to pick up. And I think that, you know, I, I think that, that Rashard Matthews is definitely on that list for me. So I like the balance that this offense has. And I think that this could help Mariota, uh, you know, take another step forward. Okay, well, I'm going to go and look at I, – I, I like that. It's a very bold prediction. Um, I'm going to go with Eli Manning, and I, I don't know why. I, every year I get excited about Eli Manning in August. But look at – obviously, you got Beckham. Uh, I think Sterling Shepard's going to really turn some heads this year. I I like the fact that they have a, a just a, a handful of running backs, even though none of them are very good. But they they, they can they can all <laughs> contribute a little bit here and there. And of course, I love my guy Will Ty there at tight end, who's obviously going to exceed Larry Donnell on the on the depth chart there in no time. So, I and a Giants are a team that I see hovering or potentially hovering around 500. I know I said a few months ago they could win the division, uh, but I think they're going to they, they're a team that gets into shootouts. Um, so I think they're going to have to throw that ball a lot, and we know Eli is accustomed to that. Um, obviously, the interceptions could hurt his overall score, but I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he has the most, the most fantasy points. Nick, what do you think? Well, I love both those picks, especially the Marcus Mariota pick, and I would love to see him uh, be the number one fantasy quarterback, but I, I really can't pick against Cam Newton. I mean, quite simply, I believe we are in the age of Cam. He had 58 points more than the quarterback number two last year, Tom Brady. To put that in perspective, the difference between the quarterback two, Tom Brady, and the quarterback number 12, Philip Rivers, in scoring was a smaller gap than the gap between Cam Newton and Tom Brady. I mean, that's just incredible. I, I can't honestly pick against somebody who was that dominant last year. I think that's kind of a cop-out, Howard. No, I don't think it's a cop-out. you got so many people <laughs> out there that are going against Cam. I actually had a bet with uh, Kyle Elfrink on SiriusXM uh, Fantasy Sports Radio where the, uh, the over-under with touchdowns for Cam Newton was set at 40, and I took the over. So I don't think it's a cop-out. I mean, listen, I love Cam. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I think he's a great player. Um, I, he's got great legs. He, he's going to sit there and, and – Poach all those those short yardage TDs from Jonathan Stewart. 
He's got Kelvin Benjamin back. Uh, who doesn't love Kelvin Benjamin? I mean, listen, I think both your guys' picks are, are absolutely outstanding. I'm 100% on board with you on the Sterling Shepard, the Ben McAdoo offense, the, the whole, you know, Eli Manning just, you know, running and gunning it. So I, I totally am on board with that. And listen, you can't take a guy like Cam and see what he did last year and just say, well, there's going to be regression. Is there? Are we sure? I mean, he's getting back Kelvin Benjamin. Funchess is a year wiser now. Greg Olson isn't going to peter out at the end of the season because uh, he's exhausted from seeing 8 million targets a game. So, I mean, listen, I think that, uh, I think that both your guys' picks are, are absolutely rock solid. I'm just not, not so much trying to, say, trying to go contrarian here, which is mm-hmm. just the dumbest word in the world now. Um, <laughs> Right? Is that not the dumbest word? It's contrarian or the goat, the greatest of all time. Uh, two of the worst and most overused phrases or, or words, whatever, in, in the fantasy sports industry right now. It makes me want to, like, slam my head in the door a hundred times just by using those words. But, yeah, I was just trying to go out on a limb there with the Mariota pick. But I can't deny that both your guys are, uh, you know, could possibly beat me. Okay, well, what do you got for us on running back, Howard? Ooh, running back. Um, you know, I'm gonna I'll do the cop out here and I'll say David Johnson. I think David Johnson in a PPR setup is is just. I mean, he's just gonna be fantasy gold. He really is. I think that it's uh, you know, he's he, I, Chris Johnson will get his his early carries in the season, but. You know, I think if David Johnson really gets rolling early, I think that, you know, Chris Johnson's role will decrease more and more. And, and I just think that, that he'll be the every down back and Chris Johnson will maybe see a little bit of random time on the field. So I think, I think David Johnson really takes off, especially for the fact that um, I've also predicted that Carson Palmer is uh, very likely to miss a significant amount of time this year. Um, whether it's injury or just because he sucks, one or the other. Uh, okay. Um, and thank you for mentioning PPR. That should be a, a caveat for all this discussion because unless you're like under 16 or over 60, nobody plays standard things anymore. That's for lame. lame. But anyway, um, I, I, love, I love the David Johnson pick, especially since I just took him at a redraft last night. But um, – it's, it's gosh, it's really hard to get around it. But I and I think again, it might be a cop up. But given the quarterback situation, I I gotta go, Adrian Peterson. I mean, anytime everybody thinks he's gonna take a step back this year, he just rings he rings the bell. I mean, he had like ninety more carries than any other running back last year. You know, he's gonna you know he's gonna keep that up. I mean, if he's if he's upright, they're gonna feed him the ball. And I just I I know it's crazy to think a thirty one year old running back to be the top fan. Score, but I, I just I can't think of like five other guys that would I would even put in the conversation. So I I'm, I gotta go with Adrian Peterson. Nick, what do you think? 
Well, I got two names, actually. I think it just strictly points per game played, I think it's going to be Le'Veon Bell. You know, it's not how you start a fantasy season. It's how you finish. Just ask Doug Baldwin and owners from last year. And I think uh, Bell is going to help many an owner win a title this season. But he is starting out the year suspended. So I think for year-round totals, i got to agree with Howard and go with David Johnson. I think he's in a great situation in a high-powered offense and on a team where the window is definitely closing with Carson Palmer and Larry Fitz getting older. So I don't think the Cardinals should hesitate to overwork him in pursuit of getting that title. Yeah, and as I mentioned, I got David Johnson a redraft league last night with the ninth overall pick right in front of an Arizona fan. So that was a, <laughs> that was a straight-up steal. I absolutely love that. Um, Howard, what do you got for his top wide receiver-wise? PPR, of course. PPR, of course, of course. Um, you know what? I'm going with my man, Julio Jones. I'm going to do it. Listen, you know, again, I'll just I'll, to elaborate more on the on the whole Falcon situation over there. Um, you know, Alex Mack, the center, is probably going to be the team's most valuable player that doesn't get talked about at all during the season. I mean, it's just. You know, nobody pays attention to the offensive line. Nobody pays attention to how, uh, you know, an amazing center can really kind of turn things around. I mean, there's a reason that, like, that Peyton Manning was, you know, in love with Jeff Saturday, and it wasn't just because he had a cute butt. It was because <laughs> Saturday really, you know, he ran that line, and he kept, he kept, uh, he kept Peyton all protected. So I think Mac is going to do that for Ryan, and I think that, you know, now with time to throw, time to let plays develop, I think, you know, having Mohamed Sanu over there, who is, you know, way better than Roddy White was, would, would have been last year. I mean, White, White was just, I mean, barely a shell of himself. He was like a cracked shell of himself last year. So I think Sanu steps up a little bit. The only thing that I kind of hope is that they do more with the tight end position um, because that would help uh, – that that would help uh, the 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 coverage, the pass coverage, and and Julio wouldn't always see the safety coming down across over to him to help out the cornerback. The linebackers wouldn't be able to you know back up on him with a uh, you know with a shorter route. So I think Julio Jones comes through in a huge huge way. I'm looking at like I don't know. I'm looking at like 1,400 yards and 14 touchdowns. Okay. Um, well, since it's PPR, you got a reception total for us too. A lot. A one twenty. <laughs> I think he had one thirty last year. One thirty six, maybe. I mean, it was ridiculous. Um, and I, I hear what you're saying. The, I think Austin Hooper. It's hard to put a lot of stock in a rookie tight end, but pro style offense. Stanford. You know, somewhat of a smart kid. I, I think he could help help that offense quite a bit. Especially, especially in the red zone, whether he's catching touchdowns or opening things up, Julio. So yeah, I like that pick. Um, and it seems crazy to not even—I mean, I'm maybe Nick will take Antonio Brown, and I can't blame anybody for doing that. But jeez, oh, guys, what if it's Dez Bryant? I mean, I know the quarterback situation is in flux, and it's the exact argument I took for picking AP. But you know, if Dak and him start to get this rapport. That's he's going to be the first option every time they drop this pass. Whether whether Ezekiel Elliott has 600 yards or 1,200 yards rushing, they're still going to have to throw that ball. And we know Dez can take over 
games at certain points. And I think I think he maybe doesn't get 120 receptions, but what what if he gets like Howard said? What if he gets 14 touchdowns? I think that's a definite possibility. And I know that's putting a lot of faith in a uh, uh, Dak Prescott and not you know maybe some bones in Tony Romo's back will actually heal for once, but. Uh, I think I think Dez could do it just because of the rookie quarterback who's going to have to lean on his number one option. Nick, what do you got? Well, you, you called it, Josh. I've I got to go with AB84, Antonio Brown. He's a yearly fantasy MVP candidate. You look at his season last year, he had a game totals of 28 points, 37, 22, 48, 38, 38 again, uh, 47, 37. So basically half the time he's an absolute stud, and he never scored under five points in a game PPR uh, scoring last year. So he's not a Deshaun Jackson boomer bust type of play. He's going to be there for you each and every week. I, I can't go with anybody other than Antonio Brown. Um, I I don't know if this is a thing, and this might sound kind of weird, but in terms of, and I know I've mentioned things like this before, but I think Antonio Brown might be the most handsome man in the NFL too. I mean, I see him pictures <laughs> in his face, it's like he is a handsome man. Don't you guys think so? He's got that nice haircut fade going on, and he can dance. I don't know. Is he married? Um, <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, we can talk. Who, who's handsome or not, Howard? Who do you like? Come on. Who do I like? You know, I Who's I here? like to go. I'm I'm a I'm a bear hunter here, guys, and I like the <laughs> offensive lineman. You get me like a really nice, you know, offensive lineman. You remember like when Nick when Nick Mangold just had like his full beard going, just looking all disgusting underneath that helmet for the Jets. <laughs> that's that's what I like because I also imagine that he's got like you know. Like the the body of a munchichi. I mean, it's just fur everywhere. <laughs> oh, you had to mention a jet there, didn't you? I knew you'd go that route. But anyway, um, top tight end. Since we're really off subject, let's get back in the PPR realm, of course. Howard, top tight end. What do you got for us? Uh, you know, your boy Tajay Sharp is really, you know, screwing things up for for Delaney Walker, in my opinion. I, you know, and I, I listen. I've been a huge fan of uh of of not walkers for a very long time you know when he was out in san francisco the dude could not catch a ball to save his life i mean it really it was like his hands were made out of buttered stones is really what it was (laughs) um so i am gonna say that i'm gonna go with gary barnage is gonna be the top tight end i you know listen i mean gronk's gonna you know, get his and whatever. I just, I can't pick a Patriot because he makes me sick. Um, but, uh, so I'm going to go Barnage because I think that, uh, that RG three is going to lean heavily on his tight end. They're going to be passing a, a ton of times this year. Um, and even when Josh Gordon gets back and Josh Gordon starts playing and, you know, they, you know, and Hugh Jackson starts to, you know, distribute 26 targets a game to him. I still think that Barnage is going to get his. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get out of my comfort zone. I'm going to praise Cleveland. <laughs> uh, well, I, it's, it's really hard to bet against Gronk, especially since I think Jimmy G, those first four games are going to really lean on him. I think that's, that doesn't hurt. That doesn't maybe where it hurts everybody else's fantasy value on that team. I think Gronk is going to be the, the winner of, of this Tom Brady suspension, but uh, 
Uh, I'm going to steal Nick's pick right out of his mouth and take the Redskins' Jordan Reed. I mean, while the New England offense goes through Gronk, we know they like to set a precedent and, and come to games with a different game plan. But that is not the case with Washington. I mean, this offense is Jordan Reed. Everything happens through Jordan Reed. He's a matchup nightmare. He's too too athletic and tall for some linebackers and, and not and too too physical for some smaller DBs. So I, I think Jordan Reed probably gets more receptions and hopefully for the Redskins' sake, more fantasy points than uh, Grok. Nick, what do you got? Well, I hope you're right about Jordan Reed, uh, Josh. And, you know, I, I think it's got to be Gronk as long as he stays healthy, but that's kind of boring to talk about. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, discuss Delaney Walker a little bit. I'm not quite as low on him as Howard seems to be. I uh, just, you know, Tajay Sharp, yeah, the sky's the limit for this kid, but he is a rookie fifth rounder. Uh, the other top receiver there is Richard Matthews, who's coming off a career high 662 yards. That's not, that's, you know, not a whole lot of great pedigree there. Although Sharp, uh, Again, the sky's the limit, but he is raw rookie. So I think Delaney Walker uh, last year had 94 catches, over 1,000 yards, and six scores. You know, all those did set or tie career highs. He may not be quite as good in 2016, but he's still going to be pretty darn good, I think. Okay. Well, you're covering most of the Titans roster here today on the Dynasty Poll. It's Titans football. Hey, by the way, just so I can uh, throw this out at you, Josh. um, Yeah. I'm going to set the over-under on games played for Jordan Reed at nine, and I'm going to take the under. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, Nick might take that personally, too, since he's a Redskins fan. But uh, I, I hear you, <laughs> but I think I, think I would take I'll, take – I'll take the over. I'll gamble on that. Um, nice. I was hoping to get a little, little – um, resistance from you when I when I threw some IDP questions at you, Howard, but I'm sure you probably have an amazing IDP guy on staff there. So you score an IDP guy for us? Um, you know, it's kind of funny. I'm actually, uh, you know, Ivar Anderson does all of the uh, the IDP work for us over there, and, and I have a hard time going against anything he says, but I haven't I, – I specifically didn't look because – I'm actually trying to venture out and do more IDP stuff because, I mean, listen, I, you know, I don't think that it's the norm, but I definitely think that it's growing in popularity. Um, are we talking top score, like including tackles, or are we talking about, you know, yeah. sacks and stuff like that? No, sacks, sacks are boring in IDP. Vaughn Miller's like linebacker 50. We're talking tackle, tackle basis, so, you know, we guys getting, you know, Pretty much, you know, think of uh, PPR for wide receivers. That's what we're, that's what we think about in terms of linebackers. Me and Nick are IDP wizards now. We're, we we play in teams. We play in leagues where we have as many. We start as many defensive players as offensive players. So tackle base. Ah, <laughs> uh, all right, all right. So you're gonna put me on the spot then. You're gonna be like Howard. You got to come up with somebody, anybody, right? Well, anybody you now? Yeah, yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, man. Does Navarro Bowman still play? Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like a really good, like a good solid uh, middle linebacker who's going to mm. always get in on the, uh, on the plays there. So, well, there's, I mean, there's I, Bowman I, I, and Keegley. 
What's that? Yeah, Bowman, Keekly. I don't want to. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. So I'm gonna say. Uh, I don't know. There is an outside linebacker in Tampa Bay that does all right. Who? Le- Levante David. Oh, Levante David. Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah, I don't want to do that. Why don't I, you know, why don't I just say, uh, I'll just throw out to, how about Lawrence Timmons? Can I go with Timmons? Sure. Yeah. Is, he's he, a, still, is he still alive? Oh, yeah, he's still alive. He's more more healthy than Ryan Shazier in the middle there for Pittsburgh, that's for sure. Um, I like it. Uh, older, older veteran, but he he does... He does all right. He was, I'm sure he was probably like in the top 10 linebackers last year. So we can deal with that. Um, now, if you're asking me to pick a Titan for this question, it's got to be Avery Williamson, of course. Avery's, <laughs> Avery's a guy that's uh, – like Howard said, this defense is bad, and I totally agree with him, but they at least have Jarrell Casey on the D-line and Avery Williamson in the middle. So I, I really like him. Um, but uh, – and Keegley, you know, Keegley is great. He even – gets interceptions every now and then, but why not? Why not go with Levante David? He's they they're getting more help for this guy along the defense and I think I think David's could potentially outscore Keekley this year. Nick, what do you think? Well, I look at Luke Keekley last year and he missed three games and was still a top twenty IDP guy, a top ten linebacker, and had double digit points every single week that he played. None of last year's top five IDP scorers can boast that kind of consistency. Even JJ Watt, last year's number two IDP score, had five games where he had ten or fewer points. So I think if Keekley can play all sixteen games, he's definitely as good a bet as anybody. Okay. Well we've We've mentioned a slew of rookies, but do you have a top offensive rookie score there for us, Howard? Um, you know, I mean, how can you how can you go against Ezekiel Elliott? I mean, the dude's going to see mad touches this year. Um, and as long as he stays healthy, you said it earlier, they're just going to keep feeding him the ball over and over and over again. Um, so, you know, I, I think for rookies, I, you know, I'm going to have to say Ezekiel Elliott for the overall, but really I'm, I'm still with you hundred percent on Sterling Shepard. And I think that he is, um, I think the, the way I equated it uh, when I was talking about this uh, a couple of weeks ago was that remember, I mean, last year with the Raiders, you had Amari Cooper and he was the deep threat and he was the guy, he was the speedster uh, going downfield. And then you had Michael Crabtree who was just money in the bank, moved those chains, got great red zone looks. What do you have, like 11 touchdowns last year? So I kind of feel like Amari Cooper is to um, Odell Beckham as Michael Crabtree is to Sterling Shepard this year. Okay. Well, I think, yeah, I, I like that. That's a good, that's a good pick. I, that's, that's really nice. I like that a lot. Um, I think, you know, I think one guy, and I think maybe because AJ Green's taken a little bit of, a, could potentially take a step back. I know everybody's seen this raise, this rise in targets for him since Eifert, and and everybody's heard. But I think Tyler Boyd could potentially have the most fantasy points out, out of an offensive rookie. Um, and I think it might be because of touchdowns. I think uh, the, the they. Pittsburgh used him in a variety of ways last year because they had to, because they had nobody else. 
you know, just like those end arounds with Muhammad Sanu, that type of thing. I think Cincy could work some things in there, and there's just a whole bunch of different things that Tyler Boyd could do. So, I mean, Elliot, like Howard said, is the obvious answer, but I think Tyler Boyd could be uh, be up there too because I think he might find the end zone quite a bit this year. Howard or Nick, what do you think? Yeah, I agree with you. And he, Elliot is the obvious answer and the overwhelming favorite to be the uh, top fantasy rookie scorer. So I'm going to go a different route and just uh, go with my offensive rookie of the year. And there's two things that media voters love. Uh, one is quarterbacks, and number two is Dallas Cowboys. So I think Dak Prescott will be the rookie of the year. He's got a better supporting cast than any of the other quarterbacks. And even if he doesn't show enough to hold off Tony Romo if when and if Tony Romo is healthy again, I just can't see Romo being healthy enough to start more than four games. So I, I think Prescott Scott is going to be the rookie of the year, but Elliott, of course, is the top fantasy scorer. Well, and like we've talked about before, if they're going to give that damn award to RG3 and not Alfred Morris, why not? Why not keep it to the quarterbacks <laughs> there? Well, um, well, defensive rookie. Howard, you got a defensive rookie for us? Um, a defensive rookie? How about, you know, can I cop out and just go Joey Bosa just so I can say Joey Bosa? I'd be like, hey, how you doing? I'm Joey Bosa. Um, well, but I'll, 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 go, I'll go a little different. I'll go with, uh, I'll go with Leonard Floyd. Leonard Floyd, okay. Right? Bears, rushing outside linebacker. Who doesn't like that? Yeah, I don't know. I think, I think Miles Jack might <laughs> have don't. a thing or two to say about that. Um, I also want to put in a nice note for uh, Carl Joseph there in Oakland, but uh, I, I, Miles Jack is the obvious answer, but I really don't see any way around it. I mean, what other rookie is going to get more tackles than that? Nick, what do you think? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm not sure if Miles Jack is going to be an inside linebacker where he started the preseason or a weak side linebacker where he played in Jacksonville's final preseason game. But since he's healthy and apparently learning the playbook well enough for the coaches to feel comfortable playing him at two different positions, I don't see any reason why he can't be an immediate contributor to what should be an improved Jacksonville Jaguars defense. Okay. Well, we thought we'd let Howard make one fun prediction. Um, well, maybe some of those weren't, were fun. Maybe some of them weren't. I don't know. But uh, before we let you go, Howard, uh, what you got a Super Bowl prediction for us? Um, I can wholeheartedly tell you that it will not be the New York Jets. Cause, no, 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 because Namath is still alive. The Jets won't win the Super Bowl until Joe Namath dies. He made that deal with the <laughs> devil, said, give me this one Super Bowl, and, and the devil said, okay, that's fine, Joe, but – team's never going to win a Super Bowl as long as you're alive. And Joe was like, yeah, I don't give a damn. Just give me mine. So that's why that's not going to happen there. Um, but if I'm going to make a, uh, if I'm going to make a pick, make a little prediction here, I'm going to go completely off the wall and uh, I take Pittsburgh. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I almost said I almost said Oakland for a second there, but I was like, ah, can Oakland beat the Patriots? Probably not. But can Pittsburgh? Yeah, I think Pittsburgh can definitely beat the Patriots as long as they're healthy, as long as Lev Bell is not, you know, puffing, puffing the Chiba and getting himself yeah. in all sorts of trouble. So I'll say Pittsburgh from the AFC, from the NFC. I'm going to go wacky. I'm going to say the Giants. Wow. 
Yeah, I think, yeah. you know, listen, they spent like $250 billion on their defense <laughs> in the offseason. So, you know, I like the, uh, we, we all like the offense. So I'm going to say the Giants against the Steelers in Super Bowl 51. Wow. Okay. Do you uh, want to know who like, wins? I, uh, uh, do, do we want to know? Eli Manning, fantasy <laughs> MVP. Eli Manning, fantasy MVP. Listen, if the Giants win the Super Bowl, that increases my chance of getting lucky with my wife by about 12%. <laughs> well, there you go. Okay, I so I am, your pick. I am always rooting for that. That was my, my bold my bold prediction right there. So bold you could baste ribs in it and throw it on the grill because Howard <laughs> wants to get lucky, so the Giants have to win the Super Bowl because then my wife will be in the mood. Okay. Um, and I guess we'll leave it at that. <laughs> um, I promised everybody laughs. So, Howard, always fun to have you on. Maybe we need to do this twice a year instead of just once a year. But I know you're a busy man, so I, I, I always just like to lock you down for that first week in September. So uh, keep cranking it out over there at Fantasy Alarm. We, we always appreciate having you on, buddy. Well, thanks so much, man. It's always a pleasure talking to you. And Josh, anytime, man. Anytime you want me on here, I'd love to do it. I love talking to you. I love talking to Nick. You guys know your your. Oh, I almost said a bad word. You know your oh. stuff. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what your editing situation is like. So I'll keep it clean. I'll keep it PG. I'll keep it G-rated here. But listen, <laughs> you guys do a great, great job. Um, and yeah, I follow both of you guys on Twitter. And I listen to your podcast and yeah, I just, uh, it's always good to talk football with good football people. So, and I appreciate you guys inviting me out here. Awesome. Well, we appreciate you for saying that, man. Thank you. Take care, bud. All right. You guys have a good one, man. Thanks so much. Uh, the amazing Howard Bender. We, lo- we love him here and uh, so glad that he could uh, join us today, but our odd man has been very patiently waiting on the phone. Um, he's got a clip too. I I will get. I should have. I should be more on the loose here, but uh, and I'm not going to play the clip that he doesn't like because I know he's not a fan of rap music. But I'll I'll play the I'll play the longer one just to get him all pumped up. Maybe I'll play the rap one later. Hey, I'm doing great. Hey, listen, um, you know, maybe we got to start stop using that song because I think GM is now using it in their commercials. But everybody should know I was using this before GM was. (laughs) Um, Speaking of products, I really wish anybody out there is listening. I really wish Blog Talk had a better way to fade my music clips. I. You do it, and all of a sudden the music just dies. I want to fade that out. I want to fade it out because I like to keep things smooth for the velvety voice of Chuck Podesky. It's so great well, to hear your voice there. You know, if if I were there, I used to I used to be a DJ, so I could I could mix all that for you, Josh. I should just come out there and be with you. <laughs> well, I have a way before I load it to fade it, but sometimes I want to play the whole clip, and sometimes I want to fade it out. Just sometimes, and sometimes I'm faded. But uh, <laughs> that's right. Um, uh, I am absolutely not prepared for the ATS segment whatsoever, so we're going to trust your Las Vegas knowledge. Okay. Um, 
as we. Well, listen, was, I've got a, I've got them all in line. Yeah. For the guy that sells segways, how about that? Oh, I don't, I, I don't sell segways. I take okay, people yeah. on segway tours. And listen, I got to say that because you know I was asking my boss yesterday. I said, listen, every Wednesday at this time, you know, for about an hour, I, I, you know, I can't be doing any tours. And he goes, well, okay. And I said, well, you know, I plug Segway Las Vegas. He goes, well, that's great. So if anybody's coming to Las Vegas, call just uh, just Google Segway Las Vegas, and we'll take you on a tour here. Maybe we'll work out a promotional code where you can get five dollars off. Or something. Yeah, we'll do, we yeah, do that. Yeah, well, like, actually, we can easily do that. Well, it's, you know, probably like $30 off or something. You know, we'll be oh, glad well, to do there that. There you go. Well, let me clear it with the boss, okay? All right. All right. We'll, we'll talk schematics later. But anyway, right. let's, uh, um, we put Howard on the spot with the Super Bowl prediction. So we're going to put you on the spot, and then me and Nick will make our Super Bowl predictions before we do the ACS. So. Well, Jeez, already? Oh, my God. Right. Yeah. I, I wasn't prepared you for that. You've been thinking about it. None. <laughs> You know, when you do handicapping, it's more of a week-to-week thing. Um, so, uh, you know what? Let's. Uh, can I do it at the end of this? Okay, but I might forget. Um, I'll have it in the back of my mind. Oh, I'm going to write down okay. Super Bowl pick after the last game here, so I so I will right. remember it. But by then, I might have. You know, by the time we talk about all these games, maybe I'll have an idea who I think is going to be the best team at the end of the year. Okay. So, what is Thursday night game? What do you got for? Oh, boy. Uh, Panthers and Broncos. Interesting thing about this game, real quick, Josh. It started out when they made the early lines last April. It started out with the Broncos three-and-a-half-point favorites. And now the Panthers are a three-point favorite on the road at Denver. Wow. Nick, yeah, say hi to Chuck and make the oh. pick. <laughs> Nick, you got to um, say aloha. Hey, yeah, how are you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing great. Right on. Um, yeah, I, I got to go with Carolina, I think. You know, I think they, they got the revenge factor, all the emotion that goes along with that, plus the fact that Denver's starting in a second-year, seventh-round draft pick at quarterback on the road in his first action. I got to go with Carolina to win this by more than a field goal. Well, this is at oh, Denver. Man. Yep. Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, even at home, I still think Carolina goes on the road and wins. Okay. Okay. I think Nick hit most of those points on the head. Uh, I, I, yeah, revenge factor all the way. You know Carolina wants this game more than anything, and they're going to get it right off of their chest right away. They don't have to look down the schedule at it. This this is something they've been prepared for since the moment they lost that Super Bowl. So, yeah. Trevor Simeon, meet the turf in Denver. I saw a funny thing in the newspaper this morning, One, and I can't remember which defensive back it was for the Broncos, but somebody told him that the uh, the Panthers were coming to town with a chip on their shoulders. And he said, he said, I don't care if they're coming to town with a Dorito on their shoulders. <laughs> um, here's what's going to happen in this game. Uh, Gary Kubiak is a very smart coach, and he's not going to put Trevor Simeon into any, uh, he, he's going to make it as easy for him to succeed as possible, and that will include keeping the ball on the ground, running the ball a lot with his uh, with his stretch plays. Um, there's going to be a lot of running. They're going to hold the score down in a low-scoring game at home. I'm going to take the Broncos plus three every time. Okay, and that's why Chuck is the expert. So when he gets that pick tomorrow, right tomorrow night, you'll know why me and Nick started out zero and one. 
Yeah, and please forget about it when I get it wrong, okay? <laughs> we, yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> what do you got? What do you got next for us? Okay, the next is Buccaneers and Falcons. The Falcons are at home. Buccaneers on the road, and the Falcons are favored by three points. We've got a couple of uh, so-so drab lines here. Just three points. No half point in there. Okay. Um, well, I think the key element you said there is the Falcons are at home, and, and Matty Ice is money at home. So I think, I think they these two teams know enough about each other to where it's not going to change year to year. Their both teams will obviously be prepared, but I, I see I see Matty Ice winning this game by probably probably four points. So I, I, I'll take the I'll take I'll lay those three points there and take the Falcons. Nick, what do you think? Yeah, I agree with you. Playing at home, plus it seems like the Falcons always get to a hot, get off to a hot start and then fade out as the season goes on. Mm-hmm. So early in the year, playing at home against Tampa Bay, who's an up-and-coming team, but still not elite. They're not uh, Carolina's level or anything like that as far as this divisional game. So I'll, I'll, I'll go with you and take the Falcons. Okay. The uh, Falcons were not that great a bet at home uh, lately. Of course, they went on a really long losing streak and lost at home and on the road last year. Remember that. Um, I don't think the Falcons have recovered. I don't think that uh, Matty Ice has uh, has a, a great selection of receivers to throw to other than Julio this year. Um, I'm going to take the upstart Bucks, especially getting three points. I think they can handle it. I'm I'm looking for Jameis. You know, I almost picked Jameis Winston on my uh, on my fantasy team, although somebody. I think I had a couple of quarterbacks in front of him, didn't take him, but uh, I, w- I would love to have him in fantasy this year also. So I think the Bucks will find some way of keeping this close, maybe even pull it out. So I'm going to take the Buccaneers. Okay. Um, what do you got next? Next is the Vikings at the Titans. Uh, that started out as an even game. Now the Vikings are actually favored by one and a half on the road at Tennessee. I – only only because I don't think Tennessee is quite there yet. I know Minnesota's got a, some QB issues, but I think you're going to see a lot of a lot of ball control offense, a lot of Adrian Peterson. Um so I I think the Vikings hold hold on and take this take this game on the road even though they're even though we love a home team dog. That's too 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 small amount of points for me. Josh, I got to tell you something. I, I just looked up the line. It's uh, since this morning when I wrote down the lines. It's now gone up to two. Okay. Well, <laughs> I was looking at I was looking at two and a half before you said anything. So I'll, okay. Good. I'll take a Blair Walsh fifty-yard field goal to win the game. Nick, what do you got? I can't believe you're going against Tennessee after we pumped them up this entire broadcast. So uh, I'm going I'm to have to go with the Titans, especially playing at home. Uh, Minnesota, it looks like Sam Bradford might not quite be up to par on the playbook and ready to go yet, so it might be Sean Hill starting there. Uh, I, I, I can't pick against Tennessee right now. I think Mariota and company win this one. Well, I like you guys. I'm excited about the the Titans this year. I think Marcus Mariota has uh, brought a real uh, real mojo to the town. Um, I like what I saw in the preseason. I I, I think the Vikings are going to be good later in the year, and they might be a team that can can be right there at the top of the NFC North. But I'm going to take the Titans in this one, uh, opening game at home and. Uh, like like you said, Nick, the the Vikings don't they're kind of unsure at quarterback. Bradford will get better, but I'm going to take the Titans. 
Okay. I I just really believe in that Vikings defense. I think they got some yeah some beefcakes along that defensive line that's going to really control the pocket. And I know we've seen Tennessee use that two-headed running monster, but I, I don't know how well that's going to work, especially week one when that wounded dog factor, right? When when the, when uh, Minnesota wants to, uh, I don't know if that works the rally. first game of the season. I you know I well, I have never uh, never researched that. But you bring up a good point. The Vikings, you know, when when all is said and done, I mean, with Teddy Bridgewater, they were still going to try to win games on defense. Um, so you know, the the quarterback situation not going to make that much of a difference. But I I just like the energy of the Titans. The next game, oh, I should mention, Josh, that uh, all of the lines that we're using today are the lines at the Westgate Las Vegas, which used to be Las Vegas Hilton. They have a super book here, and, and uh, it's, uh, it's, it's one of the biggest sports books in town, if not the biggest. So uh, Westgate, Las Vegas is where we're getting our odds from. And the next game is the Eagles giving four points to the Browns. The Eagles are at home. I. I didn't think we would have a two cares game week one. I, maybe that's not possible, but I think we already have a who cares game. Is that, I mean, I said earlier in the podcast that these these guys are going to be both picking in the top five uh, the next year's draft, so I, I didn't think it was possible. What was the line? Eagles minus four. Minus four. <sighs> that seems like a lot, but I, I just don't have any faith in Cleveland, especially to go on the road. Week one, I know we haven't seen all the – there are tricks in the bag during the preseason, but I just I – I think the Philly defense is, is vastly improved and everybody's healthy. So I'll, I'll take Philly. I don't love it. And, again, this is the who cares game of the week. So uh, I'm not putting a lot of thought into this. <laughs> but uh, I'll take Philly. Minus four, and I don't like it. Nick, what Okay. Uh, I'm going to go the other way. i got to go with Cleveland, a uh, new coach, new quarterback, uh, new energy, I think, uh, in that organization, whereas with Philadelphia. It's the battle of the number two overall quarterbacks, of course. Uh, Carson Wentz is expected to start, and then RG3 for Cleveland. But I just think Philadelphia was so consumed this offseason with just getting rid of anybody that Chip Kelly had anything to do with that uh, I just think they're going to struggle this year. I think they were – more more concerned about you know overhauling the team than they were concerned about winning uh, winning games this year, uh, which was as evidenced by the trade of Sam Bradford, of course. So I'm gonna go with Cleveland actually, but even if they lose this by a field goal, they they, they still beat the spread. So okay, could be a good strategy. I uh, I just I I I made it a point to go against the Browns because I watched. Hey, I don't know where everybody's getting all this stuff about how good RG3 looked in the preseason. I, I thought he looked like a, a seven-year-old scrambling for his life on a playground out there. <laughs> um, I don't have any faith in him at all. Um, the Eagles, on the other hand, you know, they, they've got the, the, the Carson Wentz mojo if he's playing. Um, I, I'm assuming they have a pretty good defense. By the way, I picked up the Eagles' defense to play my first uh, my first fantasy game of the year, and hopefully they'll uh, RG3 will fumble and throw a couple interceptions. So in, in that way, I'm kind of rooting against the Browns, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Eagles minus four. Nick, you're right; it's a tough number to cover because if it's a field goal, then you uh, you lose. But I'm I I can't put any faith in the Browns. Okay. What do you got for us next game? 
Oh, Bengals and Jets, Howard's team. Uh, Bengals are on the road, given two and a half points to uh, to the Jets. Bengals and Jets. I like I re- like the Jets' defense and kind of some of the moves they've made. Um, but I am such a Bengals homer. I, I gotta take I gotta take the Bengals. What was the spread again? Two. Two and a half. Let me check and make oh. sure it's still there. Uh, yeah, two and a half Cincinnati. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take. I'll take. Uh, so, since he's getting. Oh no, since he's. Since he's giving two and on a the half. road. Okay. Yeah. That seems like a different story, but I'll still take him. Red rifle. <laughs> Nick, exactly. Yeah. You you mentioned it, Josh. Uh, as long as Andy Dalton's there, the Cincinnati Bengals are a pretty good team, at least in the regular season. So I think they can win this by at least a field goal against the Jets. Who, yeah, you know, there could be some uh, some issues with a, uh, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick is holdout. The chemistry might not be quite there early in the season with him and the receivers, Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker. Even though they did have a good year last year, but it might take them a couple weeks to uh, really get things down there in New York. So I'll go with Cincinnati. You know, a lot of people, and I didn't realize it until I looked back. The the Jets were ten and six last year, weren't they? Uh, the, the, I do know that they won five of their last six games. They were on a roll, and I'm just going to look for, you know, I mean, that doesn't mean much if you have a lot of turnover in your team and the important positions. But uh, for the New York Jets, they have their same quarterback, their same two main receivers, and they picked up Matt Forte to run the football. And I'm looking for the Jets to keep rolling. I'm looking for them to maintain some momentum from the the year before. Uh, They'll figure out a way to stop the red rifle, and I'm going to take the Jets plus the points at home. Okay. What do you got next for us? We have Raiders at the Saints in the Superdome. Saints favored by one and a half points. You're Raiders, Josh. Uh, Fuck. I I think you know sometimes it's uh, excuse me sometimes it's important to look at the best player on the field or the best player in a trade but I think sometimes it's also important especially when picking HDS to look at the potential worst thing going in this game and I think it's the Saints defense and I think Oakland makes just enough plays to win this and they're only they're only it's only one point so it's basically a pick 'em yeah Oakland's going to win this game you know Rob Ryan's not there anymore, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But, you know, you know who is there is Oakland's ex-coach Dennis Allen as their defensive coordinator. So <laughs> oh, they, they know what he does. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Why do we have to laugh at Rob Ryan's expense all the time? <laughs> <laughs> it's the hair. Um, Nick, what do you <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go the other way. I think if this game was in Oakland, I would go with the Raiders, but it's so close. I think uh, New Orleans in the Dome, Oakland's got to travel all the way across the country. Uh, I can't go with the Saints. I think they're going to win this home opener. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with Nick, but I got I've no, I really have no read on this game. I don't know how good the Saints are going to be. I am kind of high on the Raiders this year. Uh, uh, I think they're going to be good, but it's uh, – it's a, a poor man that goes against the Saints at home, so I'm going to uh, I'm going to take the Saints here. Chargers at Chiefs 
interesting game. Chargers are on the road in a big AFC West matchup, first game of the season, and uh, the Chiefs at home at Arrowhead are seven-point favorites. Seven. Yeah, that seems like a lot for week one. But they'll. The, I, I just think Kansas City's got enough things, even though Jamal Charles probably isn't going to play in this game. Um I should know that for sure before I say something like that. But uh, I, I, I think they'll they'll do enough. And that San Diego defense terrible. So I just I got no faith in that they're going to keep keep things going or, and up uh, and just stop Kansas City at all. I know this offense isn't fearful, but they're just going to run all over them because that's all they'll need to do. So uh, Nick, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I mean, Kansas City, one of the toughest places to play. You know, even with the seven-point spread, I, I got to go with the Chiefs. Uh, San Diego is coming off a four-win year. Uh, a side note, though, I do uh, hope that it's going to be Marcus Peters versus Keenan Allen the whole game. That could be a really fun matchup to watch. Chargers uh, are, are a rejuvenated team, um, but I, I kind of this is I, I'm going to go against the Chiefs, and it's strictly that a bet against the Chiefs. They aren't. A high power offensive team. So when you get a team that's not that doesn't score a lot of points, I mean, how many points are the Chiefs going to score? Maybe 21 points. Uh, I think the Chargers can score at least 14 in that game, you know, and that's a push. Uh, so I'm going to I'm going to take seven points against a team that doesn't score very much. I'll I'll take the Chargers here. Okay, and. For uh, Spencer Ware owners, both Jamal Charles and Chuck Hendrick West are listed as questionable. I'm pretty sure Charles is not going to play. Um, so if you own Spencer Ware, roll him week one, that's for sure. Well, Josh, I actually picked up Spencer Ware this week. I had not picked him in my draft, and nobody did. And then I heard that uh, that uh, Charles was probably not going to play, so I <laughs> went and quick picked him up. I, I made four moves between the draft and the, the start of the season so far. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're but a I smart man. Get, Ware. get yeah. Ware in your lineup, yeah. He's good. All right, the next game is uh, Buffalo traveling to Baltimore. And for me, this is a who cares game for in, in my camp. But the uh, Ravens are favored by three at home over the Bills. Ravens are getting no love this offseason, even from fantasy pundits. I just, I just don't get it. Um, Joe Flacco is not dead. He's coming back from an injury, and he'll be just fine. But um, I, Baltimore at home, I got, I, I got to take. Him. Nick, what do you think? This is a tough one. As evidenced by the three-point spread for Baltimore at home, it's so basically it's a, it would be a, a push on a neutral site. So I'm going to go the other way. I, I just think uh, Buffalo. Yeah. They're a motivated team. They know that uh, if they don't make the playoffs this year, Rex Ryan is probably out of the job. Uh, Tyrod Taylor's got a lot to play for. So I, 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 I'm going to go with the Bills, even though I wouldn't touch this if I were actually in Vegas. Isn't uh, Rob Ryan in Buffalo now? Yeah. Yes, I believe he is. <laughs> well, none, I'm, I'm still going to take the Bills in this game. <laughs> uh, my thinking was that uh, Flacco – uh, yeah, he's back, and he's a good quarterback. I like him, but I, I don't know who he's going to throw to. Uh, he just uh, hasn't had that. Uh, uh, is Steve Smith still there? Is he's playing another season, right? Didn't he retire? Yeah, yeah, he's questionable <laughs> for week one. 
anyway, I I don't see a lot for Flacco to throw to. I uh, I, I like the Bills just simply because they're getting three, and they and uh, Rex Ryan is just a, a stickler for defense. So let's let's go with the Bills there. But I, I'm I'm agreeing with Nick that if I had to play it, I wouldn't. Agreed. That doesn't make sense. If somebody <laughs> if I if I didn't have to play it, I wouldn't. Okay, thank you. Yes. Thank you very much. <laughs> what do you got next? Well, we have my Chicago Bears going to uh, to Houston to play the Texans, and the Texans, with their new quarterback, Brock Osweiler, are favored by six points. That seems like a lot of points. Um, I don't think the Bears have enough to go down there and win, but I, I'm the strength of this, uh, excuse me, this Houston team is their front seven, and I think that is probably one of the weaknesses of Chicago. I like their receivers and uh, the, what they got going on in the backfield. Otherwise, it might take a, a, wee, a little while to develop, but I think that offensive line has got some question marks. So I, I think Jay Cutler makes enough plays to keep it close. I'll take the Bears, but I don't think they go down that win. Nick, what do you think? Uh, I'm with you 100%. I, I believe Chicago will keep this a close game. Uh, maybe not getting the win, but uh, probably within a field goal or so. I think six points is just too much. Osweiler proved last year he's not a guy that's going to go out there and win it and get you 35 points a game. He's he's kind of pretty much just a guy that I think the, the Texans overpaid for. So I'm going to go with Chicago to at least beat the spread. Wow, you guys have more faith in my Bears than I do. Um you know, uh, with the Texans, uh, all they may need to win this game is seven points uh, because I don't think – I don't see any – I saw nothing in the preseason that made me think that the Bears could could, could score against somebody who's really trying to stop them. Um, the Texans have some, some weapons with uh, DeAndre Hopkins, and uh, I think Osweiler can do just enough to let him get by. Uh, I just don't have any – I, I, I hope the Bears prove me wrong, but I'm going to take the Texans minus the points in this. Next, we have the Packers at the Jaguars. Uh, the Jaguars are at home getting five and a half from the uh, uh, Green Bay Packers. Wow. Um, i I got to take the home team dog, but that's just way too many points. Um, I I know Green Bay looks to be – you know, back and somewhat healthy, but I think Jordy came off the pup like last week, so they're he's still not at full speed. He's not going to be out there, you know, sixty percent of the time. I, there's a lot of question marks that Green Bay's got to answer before I'm going to give them that many points on the road. So, Nick, what do you think? Uh, I'm with you for all the reasons you said, plus the fact that this could be an emotional game for Jacksonville. I mean, if they come out and beat Green Bay Packers, the you know, uh, what is a very respected team in the NFL, if they come out and beat them in week one, they could actually be viewed as contenders. So I, I think the, the at least the emotional aspect for the Jaguars keeps us a close game, plus the fact that, uh, like we said before, in week one there tend to be more upsets than normal. So I'm going to go with the Jaguars to not only beat the spread but actually win this game. Well, this is the uh, first game we've all agreed on. By the way, Nick, you'll get plus a buck eighty-five if you take the Jaguars on the money line. Um, <laughs> I, I agree with you guys, and I'm kind of worried for another reason too, because I have Jordy Nelson as uh, as my starting uh, wideout this week in in fantasy. But uh, you know, from from owning Eddie Lacy all these years, uh, 
the Packers coaches don't put their stars out for the entire game. Um, and especially if, if Jordy is not at full speed, like you say, he may not be out there for every play. But uh, I think the Jaguars have enough to hold it uh, within five and a half points. Um, and, and like Nick said, maybe even win the game. I don't want to go that far, but I think they, yeah, I think this is a game. This is a better game than that line proceeds. So, what idiot yeah, next for us? Uh, it's in it's in Seattle. Dolphins are in Seattle against the Seahawks. Biggest spread of the weekend. The uh, the Hawks are favored by ten and a half points. Seems it seems like good money to go and take take uh, double digit points when you get in the NFL. I just I like I said with Green Bay, the Dolphins and their new coaching staff. Where I'm intrigued by them. I just just don't have any confidence until I until I see them rattle off a couple wins or until I see them have a, a fourth quarter comeback. I don't have any confidence. And it seems like a lot of points for week one. That's got to be crazy to have a double digit spread week one there, Chuck. Right? Uh, yeah, it is kind of crazy. Uh, but I, I'm just gonna go with Seattle. I think uh, I think they have enough. There's too many moving pieces in that Miami defense to to have any confidence in them too. So I just think Seattle makes enough plays. I don't I don't love it, but I'll take Seattle and and lay all of those points. Whew. Nick, what do you think? Well, if this was a year or two ago when Seattle was still a run-based offense, uh, I would probably go with Miami to beat the spread. But now that Seattle seems to have kind of opened it up and they uh, throw the ball a lot more than they used to, I think they can probably win this game by two touchdowns uh, behind the arm of Russell Wilson and the uh, the receivers that are starting to break out there with Doug Baldwin and Tyler Lockett. Yeah, um, you guys are right. I've got I've got no faith in this game. I'm going to take the Dolphins only because I'm getting ten and a half points, and I think Gase is uh, is going to make a difference in their offense. But uh, but Nick, or excuse me, Josh, you were you were right on when you said that Seattle has is not just a running team now. They they will wing the ball around. Uh, I'm just going to take it just for the. I, I wouldn't play it if I if uh, if somebody if, if somebody put a gun to my head. I'd take the Dolphins plus ten and a half, but I don't want any part of this game. But I'm going to stay with the Dolphins. Okay, next game. Giants at the Cowboys. The New York Giants on the road at Dallas. And uh, an hour ago, this game was at Pickham. Uh, since then, it's gone up to the Giants by one and a half points. A lot of money has gone on the Giants. I don't know if you've heard of any uh, any news for about an injury or anything out of the Cowboys camp, but it sure jumped up a, a point and a half in the last uh, in the last hour. Wow! And I'm sorry, who who is the Giants, Giants favorite? Giants are favored by one and a half. Um. Wounded dog theory again. We want to get we want to get all the Betty metaphors out of here right away. Um, I, I as much as I like the Giants and I think they're going to surprise people on defense. I think uh, doesn't it seem like the Giants and Cowboys play Week One every single year? Uh, <laughs> I, I think uh, I think Dallas makes enough plays in this game to win it. So I'll take I'll take the Cowboys. Nick, what do you think? Um, I'm going to go with the Giants. You know, I, I do think Dak Prescott's going to be Rookie of the Year, but uh, even when Robert Griffin was Rookie of the Year, he struggled early in the season and then came on late. So I think at least for week one, 
I, I think the Giants, the, the experience at quarterback, plus, you know, the elite wide receiver there, now, uh, Odell Beckham, I, I, I just think the Giants are going to go on the road and win this one. Yeah, it's hard to take a rookie quarterback in week number one. I think people are a little over-optimistic about Dak Prescott. I think he will be good as the season goes along, but he's going to see some things against the Giants that he never saw in preseason. And there's no way you can teach that until you see it. Now, the best thing that happened as far as fantasy goes is the fact that Romo got hurt before most people drafted, don't you think? Yeah. Um, I'm going to take the Giants in this game just for the experience, and they uh, they are not intimidated because they play in Dallas, uh, you know, every year. So uh, I think the Giants will have enough to to take that by a point and a half. Mm-hmm. Well, Lions I think the, the other thing. Go ahead. The other thing going, and I know I picked the Cowboys, but the what the one argument I would have against myself is this Cowboys defense is not good. And so I think I think ball control is going to be huge. Time of possession, as it usually is, is going to be huge in this game. And if if Dallas can set a precedent and run the football and control the clock, it's going to work into their favor. Sorry. Well, Josh, I, I'm glad you said that. I was just watching NFL Network this morning. I was going to mention this that Michael Irvin uh, made the point that before the season, the Cowboys uh, thought that they needed to just concentrate on their offense and they didn't do much with their defense in the off season. So we probably can't expect them to be as good as they normally are if they normally are any good, but they, they spent all their time improving the offense and uh, nothing on the defense. So, you know, maybe an over bet on this, maybe, maybe they'll get uh, a lot of points. The over unders are 46 and a half, but nonetheless, I'm going to take the, uh, I'll take the giants in this game. Like, like uh, yeah. Nick, this has got 35-31. No, I was going to say, this game, like you said, with the over-under, this has got 35-31 written all over it, uh, no matter who you who you like. But, yeah, go ahead. Uh, Lions are at the Colts. The Lions uh, uh, going on the road but playing indoors against the Colts, and the Colts uh, started off as four-point favorites. They're now three-and-a-half. Um, I gotta take the Colts. I know it's I know it's the field goal and the in the hook there, but uh I think you know, when when healthy this when Andrew Luck is healthy this is a playoff team. And to to maintain that status you need to win games like this. Um and I know you don't need to beat the spread like this, you just need to win. But I think I think they'll make they'll make a point to uh to do to do what they can and maybe even throw out a couple tricks if, if Detroit's uh Detroit's uh, get, getting them early on, so I, I think the Colts win this game because they have to. They have to win games, and I'll say I'll lay the points. Nick, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think I'm worried about uh, Detroit's offense. Anytime you lose a player of the caliber of Calvin Johnson, it's going to affect the way other teams' defenses play against you. So I think there's a lot of question marks there about that Detroit offense, and for that reason, and the fact that, like you said, Andrew Luck is healthy, I got to take the Colts at home in this one. Okay, real quick, here's something to look at in, in handicapping, and you guys went the right way on this one. When you see a line like 3.5 or 10.5 or 7.5, like 10.5 in the Dolphins-Seahawks game, they're almost, it, it's almost like the, uh, they're begging you to take the Dolphins because you think, oh, they lose by 10, then I still win. Uh, same with this one right here, 3.5. It means that the, the, the odds makers probably need more money on the Lions because uh, most people are going to take the Lions to lose by 3. Uh I'm still going to take the Lions in this one. I uh, 
I believe in, in Jim Bob Cooter and the Lions offense, and uh, I do believe that uh, they'll keep it within a field goal, in my own opinion. You just wanted to say Jim Bob Cooter, but that's fine. Go yes, ahead. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't know. I know I should have realized this already, but how is there? Oh, there is two Monday night games. I did not see the second Monday night game there for a second. I'm like, come You're on. Right. Um, go ahead. Well, we got to do the Sunday Monday. night game first, but there are two Monday night games. Patriots are at the Cardinals, and the Patriots are getting that Cardinals are favored by six points. Seems like a lot of points against the Patriots, but uh, I, I, I think Arizona is going to hit hit the ground running. Um, geez, I thought the over under on this for a second was sixty seven. I think I need glasses. Um, it's forty seven and a half. But uh, I, I think Arizona, again, like like Indy, that they realize that this is a, a perennial contender. And if they want to be taken seriously, they need to win games like this. And I, I think they make a precedent and throw everything, all their tricks they can to confuse Jimmy Garoppolo. I think it's I think it's a close game, but I'll, I'll lay the six. I can see him breaking out and winning twenty seven twenty. Nick, what do you think? I, I think if Tom Brady was playing, I would go with New England. Or if the game was in January or February, I would go with New England. But with Jimmy Garoppolo in September in Arizona, I think Arizona can win this by a touchdown. Well, a couple of things on this. First of all, I kind of like to take Belichick plus six points in any game. When was the last time you get a Bill, Bill Belichick New England team plus six points? Um also, I'm not that impressed with Carson Palmer. I, I, I looked at him during the preseason. I realize it's preseason, but I didn't. I, I didn't like the way the Cardinals looked. And I, I like Bruce Arians, and I, I know he's going to do a great job. Or he has done a great job down there. But I'm just going to take the, uh, the, the Patriots plus the points on the road. Not often you can get that, so I'll take it. Okay. Um, yeah, I I don't. I don't blame either one of us for going in either direction. This game. This should be a fun, fun game to start to Sunday night football. That's for sure. Yeah, sure is. Oh, another thing. Uh, back when they made the opening line on this in in April, the uh, it was a pick'em game. So uh, Tom Brady made six points difference in the line. Oh yeah, I was going to ask you that. Six points. Wow. Okay, that's unusual. Do you think? Now, if Brady was playing, you think it'd be more like two and a half or something like that, Arizona, minus two and a half? Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Um, I would say the Cardinals still would have to be favored at home in this one, but uh, Brady would make a a big difference in that line. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. All right, Monday night, the first Monday night game, the Redskins are at home against the Steelers, and the Steelers are favored by three. Nick, I'll let you go first here. What do you got? Well, with the Lady on Bell suspension and the fact that I'm still drinking the Kool-Aid from the fact that the Redskins won the NFC East title last year, they're playing at home, uh, I think the Redskins can uh, win this game. I, maybe it, It's definitely a homer pick. Not not maybe a homer pick. It is definitely a homer pick, but I'm going to go. But they're getting points, right, Chuck? You say it's three? Yeah, Redskins are at home getting three points. Yeah, you know, the like we talked about earlier, the, the top option on this offense is Antonio Brown. But guess what? Washington has two cornerbacks 
like a prop, not not handle him the whole game, but they have two cornerbacks that can match up with him pretty darn well, and I, I, that's that's bad news. I, I I like I like the home team. Dog Monday night too. I'll take I'll take Washington. Uh, I'm high on the Redskins this year. I think the Steelers will be good, but I think it's a little bit early in the season. I think the Redskins are ready, and they've just got a lot of momentum from last year. I like uh, Kirk Cousins as a quarterback, and I think they'll uh, at least keep this one close. They might even uh, you know, win the game outright, so I'll, I'll make it a clean sweep, Redskins. Okay. The final Monday night game. Oh, go I, ahead. I almost forgot about this final Monday night game, but... Could we get a worse matchup? Can we move the Cleveland-Philadelphia game to this instead? <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think Battle for the cellar in the in the a- NFC West. Ugh. Rams at the 49ers, and the Rams no, are actually – The Rams are favorites on the road. Everybody's going to be watching this game just uh, for the national anthem. Uh, uh, Rams are <laughs> – Rams are favored by two we're and a half at San there. Francisco. <laughs> okay, uh, we're I won't. trying not to go there. But anyway, um, you went there. But anyway, uh, I yeah, I don't, I don't know what San Francisco is going to do. What's Chip Kelly going to do against that defense? I mean, the Rams' offense is eh, but that defense is stout. That is the best thing in this game. Um, good luck, Blaine Gabbard. I'm, ta- I'm taking the Rams all the way. The, the Rams are going to win this by a touchdown. Nick, what do you think? Uh, I, I think the Rams under Jeff Fisher lose all the games that they should win. Uh, that's why, you know, they're perennially an 8-8 eight eight team-ish. Uh, best uh, stat I saw this whole offseason was that Jeff, Jeff Fisher is 10, wins away, or 10 losses away from being the losingest head coach in NFL history. So I think he uh, gets one of those 10, 10 losses out of the way this week and San Francisco wins. Ah, Nick, wow. you forgot one thing, and that's the fact that Jeff Fisher always gets his teams up for for his divisional opponents. He's got he uh, he he will lose almost every other game, but when he plays a divisional opponent, you know, like you know, he'll even if they're you know a great team like Seattle, uh, they'll come into town and Fisher will get his team up. So I'm saying the Rams have the mojo to pull this one off, and I like the Rams defense too. That's one thing you can say for them: their defense is is pretty darn good. So I'm going to take the Rams minus the two and a half in this one um interesting note too on this the rams are going with two outside linebackers that are under 215 pounds now that is not not the norm uh but that's who they're starting this week against uh the, uh-huh. the mr the, adp uh, the, or mr idp yeah but they're that's who they're starting against the the uh, speed kills offense of Chip Kelly. So they're they're matching they're matching that up pretty well with a couple couple uh-huh. lighter backers on the outside. So that's that's another reason I like the Rams. Um, you know, I've been watching Hard Knocks too for the Rams, and the Alec Ogletree is is pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They moved him to the middle. He's two. He's two hundred and forty pounds. He's got to play in the middle. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, we did it. We got through all the games. Um, Super Bowl predictions. What do you got? For okay, I am going to go ahead and take the uh, the. Uh, I'll be kind of boring and take the Patriots in the AFC and the NFC. I'm going to say that the the, the Packers are going to get back there. So Patriots Packers will be a good Super Bowl. And your Bears fan just went out the window. It's just like that, huh? Oh God! 
you know. <laughs> I, I found out when you when you start doing fantasy football, you really got to start seeing the the, the teams with the really good players. <laughs> so yeah, uh, you yeah, just no, start I, seeing all the teams as they should be. And I got to be realistic. The Bears need a couple mm-hmm. about ten more years before they go to the Super Bowl again. <laughs> well, and I feel I feel. Uh, I've I've actually been okay with Oakland not being so good during the last decade, so I could I don't have to roster any of their people on my fantasy team, even though I do from time to time. But I feel uh-huh. a lot less pressure to roster one when they're when my team's bad. But now they're getting good and making me think about it. But uh, I'm not going to pick Oakland. Uh, I it's it's really hard to to get past New England. Um, but uh, you know Howard Howard mentioned the Steelers and in a good thing to think about the Steelers. If they can shore up that defense throughout the season, they could be mighty scary. And yes, they're losing Le'Veon Bell for the first three games, but uh, uh, as my buddy Luke Grilly keeps telling me from the Never Ending Podcast, Never Ending Glory Podcast, you know, this could maybe be a blessing in disguise for Le'Veon Bell who's coming off tearing tearing up his knee. He gets an extra three games uh, to to recover, and he might hit the ground running and be absolutely a, a nightmare. So I'm gonna go. I like Pittsburgh too. I as much as I like Cincy, I still think Cincy could maybe even win that division. Maybe Pittsburgh sneaks in blue collar style as as they're always known for, and takes a wild card and runs runs with it all the way to the Super Bowl. So I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the Steelers like uh like Howard. Um and as much as it's it's really hard to bet against Carolina, um, and I don't trust any of those teams in the East. I I I think in yeah, and I know they've got a lot of heat, and we've we've had a couple different people mention Carson Palmer not not looking very good. But if they can keep him healthy and they keep that whole thing together for one year. I think they could be a very hard team to beat in the playoffs. So I'll go Arizona and Pittsburgh. Little uh little Super Bowl rematch, if you will. Nick, what do you got? Well, I think if Martavis Bryant was uh not suspended for this entire season, I would be tempted to go with you on Pittsburgh. But since he is, I cannot uh I cannot in full faith uh endorse the Steelers in the Super Bowl. Uh going to the NFC, I think now that having a solid running attack is gonna really help Carson Palmer in Arizona finally get over the hump. And I do think the Cardinals win the uh NFC. But as far as the Super Bowl winner I just think it's impossible for me to pick against uh, New England. In, or it's tough for me to pick against New England in a normal season. But in a year when Tom Brady will be playing with a chip on his shoulder due to what I'm sure he sees as an unfair suspension, I don't see any team that can stop a motivated Tom Brady who now has a couple of new underrated weapons in Martellus Bennett and Chris Hogan and, of course, the best head coach in the NFL, and Bill Belichick. I, I really think the only question is, is uh, will Tom Brady retire on top after winning the Super Bowl? So, yes, I guess uh, the Super Bowl rematch is, or is going to be a rematch of the week one matchup, right? Well, there you go. Well, we got through it. We didn't get to everything that we wanted to today, but that's okay. We didn't do a dynasty dilemma. We don't always have to do one. I mean, we usually do, but we're going to bring it to you next week. So maybe I'm not feeling very confident in my side. But anyway, we're going to bring it to you next week, hit you hard with it, Ezekiel Elliott versus Todd Gurley. Maybe we'll have more week one fodder. Maybe I just need to watch Elliott play for one. Uh, I do have it written, so I am prepared, but we're going to wait. We're going to wait until that, until uh, next week since we're already approaching two hours on this podcast today. So, Chuck, so great to have you back. 
Um, big thanks to Howard Bender from Fantasy Alarm uh, for coming by his year his yearly visit. We we always love it when he stops by. So Chuck, happy to have you back aboard for the season. Yeah, it's great to be here. I will uh, talk to you guys next week, and it's always a lot of fun. Thanks. Yep. Take care. Nick, uh, any closing thoughts there? Um, just I gotta echo I echo your statements. Uh, great having Chuck and uh, Howard back on the podcast. I got pretty excited when I saw the podcast right up and uh, uh, that you emailed me and saw that those were going to be our guests again. Yeah, always great having them. Uh, good luck yeah. to everybody in week one. Yeah, good luck setting your lineups for week one there. Um, I am prepared to start Tyler Boyd. Just want to tell that tell those people I'm prepared to start Tyler Boyd over Devin Funches, and uh, if you're making a different decision uh, over Clive Walford. So depending on your your flex your flexes in your league, I'm prepared to start Tyler Boyd that in that capacity. Just so you guys know, if you're if you're wondering. So. Um, because Revis is going to be matched up against AJ Kreenick. So Tyler Boyd against what? Buster Screen? Come on. Um, that, that's all we have for you. So good luck, week one. Enjoy the week one of football. Uh, we will be back with, with Chuck again, of course, uh, next week in an awesome dilemma now that we've had two weeks to stew on it. Sorry we didn't get to it today, but uh, we will we will hit you hard with it right away next week. Nick? As always, thanks, bud, and we'll talk to you next week. Yep, take care.